name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. My first book is called Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto. And if you have that book, you might notice that the foreword, which to my publisher in the beginning, I wrote, um, I have somebody to write my foreword and I spelled it F-O-R-W-A-R-D. And that's not how you spell forward to a book. I just, I'm just throwing it out there because it was just a learning experience for me. I had a guy named Biz Stone uh, who offered to, he was at the Stanford Inn and he said, hey, if you need somebody to write your forward, I'd, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Now, if you don't know who Biz Stone is, don't worry about it. It's just, but he co-founded uh, a little startup called Twitter. You might've heard of Twitter. Um, he co-founded it. And so it's just interesting to me because it just occurred to me with all this Twitter hubbub happening with um, Elon Musk buying Twitter for just $44 billion. Um, I think just what he had in his wallet. He's like, here, you can just, I'll buy it for what I have in my wallet. And he bought the whole thing of Twitter. But it's just interesting to me that I was like, oh, Twitter. And I was like, oh, wait, the guy who co-founded Twitter wrote the forward to my first book, Approach the Natural, a health manifesto. Why that's weird for me is because it just didn't quite sink in. I was like, God, on all the stuff I talk about with social media and Twitter, and I make fun of Twitter in Six Truths, I mean, kind of weird. Anyways, what I was thinking about is, I, the reason I was thinking about Twitter is I was like, now they, he's coming out and he goes, you know, $8 a month. And I'm off Twitter. I've been off Twitter since 2018, in case you're just joining me. Um, eight bucks a month for to, to stay verified or whatever that means. And probably people are going to complain. And I, I have maintained since the beginning that this is a problem the social media problem, and it is a problem, can we agree, is caused by, uh, we caused it. In fact, now, because I quit, it all, you guys, no, we all caused it. We all caused it. Here's why. Because for a whole host of reasons, it hasn't been po a positive uh, for the most part, on the balance, let's say. Not positive. On the balance, not. Some positive. Not saying that. Not saying that. Just on the balance, not positive. Um, as in, like, democracy is not thriving under, hey, listen, whatever, but it's just what it is. And so uh, people will come in. It's our fault. You want to know why? Because we love free stuff. We don't want to pay for anything. And $8 a month is going to make some people angry. And I don't think it should. I think that you are mad about that. You get what you pay for. It To me, first of all, the $44 billion is... If you, if you... I'm going to say this gently. Okay? If you're a gent... See, I would, if you're a gent who has, I'm just going to call them man problems, okay? I'm going to try to find a euphemism that that takes care of the idea of a guy who has a perceived in his own brain to have a smaller than average gentleman part, I'll say, okay? So then he has a man problem and he, and he wants to feel tough and he doesn't have the confidence or the whatever. And so you would, first of all, you'd get on social media because then you have what I call key, keyboard bravado. That's the sort of, I'm tough behind a keyboard. I would never say that stuff in public, but but now that I'm behind a keyboard, it makes me feel, I get that little hit of I'm a tough guy and then I have to go to the next thing real quick because it wears off like real fast. It's not a, 
a long lasting, you know, strong foundation of confidence there. Um, but if you're a guy who has a man problem like that, like I'm just going to go ahead and psychoanalyze the shit out of Elon Musk. That guy's got a, a man problem. Why wouldn't you use that 44 billion to, to, I don't know, solve world hunger like eight times the time the, the amount it would take like that why wouldn't you if you're a, if you're looking to be the hero and a really powerful guy and have everybody go my god that guy's powerful why wouldn't you just go i'm not gonna buy a twitter i'm not gonna buy twitter but why would i buy twitter i'm gonna solve world hunger i'm gonna wield my power because people think that people who have money should have power that's how we that's how we think and we should listen to their opinions, by the way, because they have a big bank account. But why wouldn't you just do something like that? Why wouldn't you do that? It's weird. Because I'm not, I don't even, I don't think altruism is, I think altruism is a bunch of shit. I do. I think it's a bunch of crap. I don't think we're designed to be altruistic. I don't think we're designed to sacrifice ourselves. I think we're either being selfish in a shitty way or being selfish in a cool way. And I'm going... Elon, spend your dough, solve world hunger, and you're the hero. You get to feel like the most powerful. You get to do what governments can't do. That's amazing. You would just be awesome, man. We would all, I would even compliment you. I'll tell you what, you solve world hunger. I will get back on Twitter and just tweet to you how great you are, like every day. I'll do that. Mm. Eight bucks an hour, eight bucks a month. You got to spend money. If you don't want to spend money, then you're in. You're in the. You get what you pay for. Here's the thing, it's been free, and here's the thing, it hasn't really been free. It's it, it costs either way. It costs society and it costs individuals. Either way, to do this kind of stuff for free, to not have any skin in the game, there's a cost to it. Here's what we paid: our happiness and our health. That uh, that has been what we've. That's the currency we have traded for a free account that we hope upon hope please oh god i hope people share this and retweet if people could just retweet what i said i would feel like i i'm i'm worthy of things the holidays are coming up uh depending on when you're listening to this you could be right in the middle of like march and you'd be like nah this not holidays but if you're listening to this around when it came out holidays are coming up, and guess what's a great stocking stuff for my books but especially Six Truths, and really Approach the Natural, which, by the way, the first two books, Approach the Natural, Raising Other Parents, if you've noticed, they haven't been that available on Amazon because it's a long story. The per first publisher got bought out, and then the second publisher who put out Six Truths is now getting those titles under their their title, under their uh, imprint. So it's all going to be available. But the first book and the third book, Six Truths, are small. They are will go into a Christmas stocking or a Hanukkah tube sock. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what they use. I was raised in that religion. I'm not a part of it now, but I was raised there, and I don't really remember. I think it was a tube sock. Thanks to everybody. Uh, and by the way, Small Steppers is rolling and sign up for that if you just want to do cool shit. It, if you don't, that's okay. Thanks to everybody who is um, who is supporting me on Patreon. And for further information on me and what I do and how I coach and to work with me, you would just go to the show notes, click on a little linky, and it'll take you to a little website. And everything's explained for you, and you just click on a button, and we have a little chat.
you and you and I in private on Zoom. I signed up for the Smith Rock Ascent 50K in March of 2023. Now, you might be thinking, that's not very smart because this isn't your race the following month. It is. And so it might not be smart, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. I don't care. That that's for sure. I don't care because I was just getting the itch. I was getting the itch to sign up for another 50K. I haven't run a formal 50K in like five years because I run my own race. And that to me, in my brain, that counts. I'm running an ultra every year. That's true. It's just not part of like a big group and there's no starting gun, but I run a 33 to 34 mile run every year. But I was like, you know what? I want to do, I want to go somewhere. So I looked around and there's the usual stuff around the sort of Auburn area in California where Western States is. And I ran the 50 mile, the American river 50 there. And I ran the way too cool. They all kind of share trails and they're all great, but I wanted to go to like a different thing. So I just did a little searchy on the internet and, and this Smith rock ascent came up and it was in the kind of in a good pocket and it's near Bend, Oregon. And I've been to, I've been to Oregon several times once in the capacity as an actor, I got a commercial that shot in Portland and then, and I remember remember working over the weekend there it was like in an Oct- it was in october and i was like god this is amazing it was beautiful blue sky gorgeous weather and i was like this is incredible up here and they were the locals were like yeah that's this that you'll like this is once every millennium that we have this kind of weather on this day in this month and i was like oh and they're like usually it's gray and we've all 70 percent of us have committed suicide by now um, but anyways, and so uh, the other times in the capacity of music, I just, you know, played North by Northwest and I was on tours to so play through, you know, uh, uh, the venues there and really enjoyed it, but only in the Portland kind of Eugene thing, never been to Bend. And this place is in actually called Smith Rock. And I think the town's called Terrebonne or something like that. Anyways, it looks really beautiful. And I'm going to give it a shot. 50K. If you're up that way, by the way, either do it or whatever, but maybe come say hi. I don't know. Cheer me on. Um, so I signed up for that and, and, and here's what it does. Here's what it does. And I'm going to run it. And then of course the next month, like four weeks, not even, yeah, about four weeks later, I'm going to run my own race. That should be interesting. By the way, um, you're probably in my mailing list if you're at all interested in my race. Um, but the, um, I just sent the email out to, uh, open registration. Boy, whew, that's always an exciting time. Everybody's emailing me. When is it going to, when is it, it, the website says this, is that really go? No, that's not a secret until you hear it differently. And then I launched the actual, then I changed the date and to give everybody a fair shot. So we'll see how that goes. It's in a week, uh, from today, but I signed up and here's the experience that I have in doing these kinds of things. And even by the way, my race that I direct things that are over and above my what I would call MOT, my most of the time, but I, with clients, like there's the stuff we do most of the time and I, and, and we get used to that stuff and it could be a very strong foundation of health and happiness for people. I feel, I feel like I have a fairly strong foundation of health and happiness. Like things are rolling. I have good days and bad days, but it's in general, it's doing its thing. I'm living my life, but I like having something hanging out there. And, and, and I've really, this is a learned love because I did not, I tried to avoid this kind of reality for years, I think, 
but there was always something there and I would always go like, okay, I want to do it, but man, I can't wait till that's over. You know, like going on tour, for instance, as a musician, I would, I would kind of, I wanted to do it, but kind of dreaded it at the same time. Then I would, you know, do a record coming up and I dread it kind of, but I wanted to do it. Always that kind of thing. And now probably from just being around the earth a lot uh, from more years than I was before, I have come to embrace it. And I think that, that it's, it's, I call this episode shock therapy, which means to have something floating in your future most times that kind of gives you a little shock in the ass. Like you're going about your day and then all of a sudden you go, I got a 50K coming up. And it's just that little, little subtle dread slash excitement slash I'm looking forward to it. And also I'm scared about it and it's all at the same time. And I think where, how I've gotten better at it and in my coaching with people in this exact thing is first and foremost to create a, a, help establish a foundation of health and happiness. I've always maintained that if you go from one big challenge to another big challenge and disregard or ignore you're most of the time, you're going to pretty much be screwed or, or at least not necessarily living the best life you can. I think that first and foremost, your brain is to the, the everyday stuff, how you're eating most times, how you're exercising most days, how your relationship is, how you're communicating in your relationships most days. And so there's your, there's like most of your attention is to establish a very strong foundation. But once that's there, jumping off sometimes to bigger challenges is is really fulfilling and and the reason is is because it's it keeps you awake i mean that's the shock therapy of it it, it sort of you're going about your business and oh what oh yeah yeah and it kind of wakes you up that it keeps you engaged in a very cool way and i think that part of the liberation of this kind of reality is understanding that when you enter into an intentional challenge like this, like you're doing it on purpose. Nobody's forcing me to, you have to do a 50 gate. That would be a bummer. But if there, but it's not like I'm, I don't, it's weird. I am a very mediocre runner. My new book is largely hinged on this reality of, of ultra running as a, as a, as a, as a kind of a, a challenge that, a, that can apply to people who are totally, uh, mediocre in the, in a good way. I mean, I'm not a ultra runner. I'm not a pro runner. I'm not a good runner. I'm just a reg, pretty regular guy who has embraced these kinds of challenges and set these kinds of things in my future as a way to keep me engaged in my life. That's really is how I see it. That, that having these things allows me to uh, address and, and deal with concepts like fear concepts like failure concepts like pushing too hard and then and and knowing how to not push too hard to to have these things floating out there shock you into like like I said in a level of engagement and I think that part of it is understanding that when you intentionally challenge yourself in this way that failure or the concept of failure becomes totally irrelevant if if you even realize it it, it doesn't exist because to me, it's the, it's the race, it's a new place, it's an adventure, 
And all those things fold into a reality where the goal of finishing the race becomes pretty quickly obsolete. I mean, they will, if I finish the race well or I finish it at all, there will be a hit and I'll be very happy about it. But I, I, I would like to believe that on some major level, if I don't finish, but I go up there and give it a shot and I do train for it and I try to finish that there's enough good and that the fact that I had it kind of floating out there in my future and the benefit of having that and what it did to my life leading up to race day was was worth every penny and minute. But it occurs to me how weird a species we are in our ability to feel things that can be in conflict with how we think in our decision making. In other words, we can be afraid to do something and choose to do it at the same time. And we may not be the only species, but it's weird about our species. Let's let's just face it. Um, that we can invite pain into our lives. There is a very good chance, at least based on my experience as a mediocre ultra runner, and I'm sure the pros feel pain too. They just feel it for a lot less time than mediocre runner. We we're out there way longer. It's harder for us. No, I I'm not I'm not I'm half kidding. But we invite we can invite pain into our lives. And that's a weird thing because we can say, I'm doing this on purpose. But it's even weirder that that's, in many cases, that's a good thing. It's it's actually a good thing to invite this pain. And I think if we don't, and probably the major reason why I do think it's a good thing is because we can become numb in the absence of these intentional challenges. If there's nothing floating in our future that, that even the thought of it, it's not about the day. It's about the thoughts of knowing it's there. It's about the shock, the momentary little jolt, knowing that it's there. Something that is uncomfortable in our future that we're, we're choosing to have in our lives. We don't have to. I mean, I've said a thousand times on this podcast and my last show that the world for most people in the developing world, it's it developed world. It's all too easy to become numb. It's all too easy to shut yourself off. Hence Twitter. I mean, this guy, I'm not going to listen, just the ultimate social media. And then he buys a social media. It's just hilarious. It's hilarious. I'd like to think that most of us would be like, that's the, duh. why would you, why would you waste your money on that? Whatever. Um, but not to dwell on that guy. Listen, he doesn't have my support. Okay. And I think that he, <laughs> he's feeling that. <laughs> I mean, we can become numb because of all the tools that we ourselves have created as a species that we can just become numb. And to counteract that means we have to be less comfortable on purpose. And that's a weird, it's not, It it is kind of in, I would say not even kind it's totally in conflict with our natural design, which again, selfish wise is to feel as good as possible, as much as possible. So why would we invite these kinds of things in our lives that make us feel left less good potentially periodically, not, not, not overall, not most of the time less good, but there would be moments of less good. And I believe that's because when you're not numb to your life, when you're engaged in your life, you're awake. And when you're awake, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. But the benefit of that is that the good is better. The good in your life in an engaged, attentive, aware life, the good is better. It's these things that are laying out in front of us that we chose to put there 
because we're not struggling. We're not trying to find shelter and, you know, food and like survival kinds of things that we're going, oh my God, I got to get through today. We're like, yeah, setting it up, like flip on the TV. You know, it's kind of a, it's not a break. We're not taking a break. We're living a break. Like we're not, I got, I've been working my ass off. So I just need a, I need a 10 minute break. We're like in a break. We're, we're taking a break to talk about when we're going to take our next break. We need to live well and to, you know, everyone text talks about, you know, the, the, the bloggers are the best about going live life in gratitude, take moments of gratitude. It's like, okay, that's so much easier said than done. But I think shock therapy is, is having those things out there does shock us into appreciation for what we have, shock us into gratitude thankfulness for what we have for what we ourselves have even worked for and are working for to give ourselves credit even for the things that we've achieved to see the improvements that we've made in our lives we can oddly enough we can make improvements in our life and not even give us credit for that because we're always in another place and we don't take a moment to go i'm doing actually okay here this is i'm doing okay i've kind of the work is paying off i just haven't noticed it Put something in your life. If you can wrap your brain around that failure is, like I said, with an intentional challenge, intentional thing is going to shock you. Failure doesn't exist. It's gone because you're in charge. There's no failure to trying a race or something that you now, right now, today, think this is, that would be, that's totally not my wheelhouse. Guess what's not my wheelhouse? Ultra running is not in my wheelhouse. It never was. It was never, I think I have a natural aptitude to run 34 miles. It's not ever, was never there. And I'm not now even a better runner. I'm the same thing. Our capacity to do more than we're doing is there. My last episode is called the conflict of potential. It's exactly that same picture. It's there. What stops us is that we are afraid, many of us and me, of failure. We think that if I sign, if we sign up for something like that crazy as an ultra run or whatever that version of is it for you, and if we don't finish it or complete it rather, that we've somehow failed. But we are looking at the day. We're looking at the day of the challenge. We're not looking at all the time leading up to that. We're not looking at having that thing out there and the shock therapy that it has provided by just placing that thing lightly a few months ahead. And then when that's done, immediately coming right back out and placing another thing and just kind of having a steady, consistent presence of things that shock us, that prevent us from becoming numb to our lives. Something 
Of a whiner and 